Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 73rd episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Ben and Leon. Uh, today, we have, uh, of course, Ashley Downing with, uh, back with us from... Hello. Okay, cool, guys. Uh, so today, we are going to continue on with that topic of George Floyd and the murder that he endured by at the hands of the police, Minneapolis police over there. Uh, today, we're going to show you some newly revealed... Um, video footage that show uh, from a security camera that has no audio for those of you that are listening. Um, so unfortunately, there won't be anything for you to listen to there, but do tune into our video. Uh, so um, once again, the video is basically showing him getting dragged out of the car. What happened basically before um, that viral video that shows him uh, being held down by all those cops and eventually uh, there's another video that we're also going to pull up talking about how Eric Garner um, in that situation I wanted to bring it up because I think it's super similar to how George Floyd experienced uh, or um, how he kind of experienced racism there by the, at the hands of the police at the same time. Uh, so I wanted to come across with those uh, similarities as well. So let's go ahead and dive into the first uh, video, which is going to be uh, that um, one about Eric Gardner, just to kind of pull on the heartstrings and remind everybody that uh, what happened back then in 2014 when this all went down. Ready, Freddy? All right. Freddy, Betty. Okay, let's go. All right, let's go ahead and play the video. Nine days after the uproar in person, a grand jury in New York City has refused to indict yet another white police officer said to have killed an unarmed black man. The incident, which involved an apparent chokehold, was captured on video and went viral. And tonight, protesters are in the streets. The president is weighing in. And ABC's Ron Claiborne is on the story. Angry crowds tonight in the streets of New York, protesting yet another controversial grand jury decision. Adding a new chant to the growing chorus of civil discontent across the country, now responding to the white police officer seen here, not facing charges for holding down an unarmed black man, Eric Garner, in an apparent chokehold that is said to have eventually killed him. Protests breaking out in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and Oakland, California. Don't touch the Don't touch the Outrage sparked by this video from July. Garner, who had been accused of selling cigarettes illegally on New York's Staten Island, seen here being taken down by NYPD officer Daniel Pantaleo. <laughs> So, like, I'm going to stop it right here for you guys. So, like, as you can see, like, this police officer um, is just straight up putting all of his pressure down on Eric Gardner's head. He's screaming, I can't breathe. He famously said that, um, I believe, 12 or 13 times. Um, yeah. And what's really interesting about that is that, of course, similarities between uh, Eric Gardner and George Floyd and how they both couldn't breathe. But using different police methods. This uh, one in 2014 with Eric Garner, the police officer uh, utilized an illegal um, takedown move, which was uh, an illegal, uh, what's it called? Uh, chokehold. Chokehold, yeah, my bad. Um, and then the other one with George Floyd, uh, of course, was a jujitsu move that the uh, police officer used to restrict his airway enough to or long enough to kill him. 
So in both instances, they both said, I can't breathe. They were both uh, unarmed. They were both killed at the hands of the cops. People that should have known, AKA first responders, uh, didn't care enough about their lives enough, even the slightest to check their pulse before the EMS services arrived. And both were doing things that they never should have gotten arrested for in the first place. Well, tickets, honestly. It is a misdemeanor for Eric Gardner to sell cigarettes, but that's not to say that, like, just because he did that and just because it is illegal or it is a misdemeanor, technically, or whatever, it doesn't mean that he deserves that, you know? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, either, like, there are clearly is too much force because there should have been no physical touching at all. Like he wasn't supposed to be getting, like he should not have gotten arrested for what he was doing anyways. So they had no reason to even put their hands on him. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, they use the pretext of uh, resisting arrest to- Or personal safety. Uh, Yeah, for this one, it was resisting arrest. And for George Floyd, it was also resisting arrest. Resisting, yeah. Uh, so in these two cases, they use that to kill them. So let's resume the video. The officer apparently using a banned chokehold on Garner, the father of six, later died. His death was ruled a homicide by the medical examiner, but the grand jury choosing not to indict Officer Pantaleo, a decision that infuriated many. It was over a lousy cigarette that killed the man. Anybody with eyes can see. Okay, uh, I just, the only reason why I pause this is because I want you to guys, uh, I'm going to put it back, but I, the reason why I want you guys to, to know of this or to note of this is that like the stark differences in the contrast between the protesters, the people that are out there in support uh, of Eric Gardner and what he endured and black people or whatever, and then the difference between what they say and what, uh, and what the news and the like the politicians and the police officers and what they all have to say. It's a, it's a completely different narrative that they both have. Yeah. And all the people clearly see, like, this was murder. Like, that's what they're all going to mm-hmm. say. That's what they're all saying. But at the same time, they're, we're hearing from all these different people, all these different authorities. It wasn't murder. Like, uh, casting down, like they always do. And then later on, Pantaleo, the officer that killed Eric Gardner, was left free. Uh, yeah. Free to continue his... Uh, his reign on black people in the, the police department. So really sad, uh, really sad reality. But let's go ahead and uh, I want to write it back for you guys and play it again. Infuriated many. It was over a lousy cigarette that killed the man. Anybody with eyes can see what happened. How in the hell did it go that way? In a statement released tonight, Pantaleo said, it is never my intention to harm anyone. And I feel bad about the death of Mr. Garner. Garner's family furious with the grand jury's decision and unmoved by the apology. Hell no. The time for remorse would have been when my husband was yelling to breathe. The 22-person grand jury, composed of 13 or 14 white jurors and 9 or 10 black or Hispanic jurors, met for more than four months and heard from more than 22 witnesses. As a legal matter, police officers are allowed to do things ordinary people aren't allowed to do. The question becomes, when do they cross the line? When was it no longer objectively reasonable to use the kind of force that they did? Outrage over this incident stems from one underlying worry, that in the eyes of the judicial system, black lives don't matter. 
Places people of all backgrounds utter the same basic phrase. They've said Black Lives Matter. And they said it because it had to be said. It's a phrase that should never have to be said. It should be self evident. And for many, today's grand jury decision echoed what happened in Ferguson, Missouri, where charges were not brought against Officer Darren Wilson for shooting and killing unarmed black teen Michael Brown. One obvious difference in Garner's case. His entire confrontation with police was captured on video. It all unfolded in a matter of minutes. Two plainclothes officers confronting Garner, who had been arrested more than 30 times, confronting him about selling those cigarettes, a misdemeanor. I'm my business officer. Two officers move in and try to physically arrest him. Garner seemed to resist. So, like, look at this coverage, right? Like, the coverage uh, is saying that He's appearing to resist, but like, dude, literally, uh, for you, for those of you that are watching, he literally has his fucking arms up. Right? Hands in the air, yeah. Hands in the air, fingers extended all the way. This dude, after this point, is literally like not doing anything. He wasn't, uh, if you want to call that resistant, then, I mean, the fucking well, line is like. It's like the, the, they just asked, you know, at what point, do is it considered too much force well um right now because <laughs> he is clearly not doing anything wrong that would entice any more force and i'm so glad you brought that up because like when is like the guy that legal item i was brought up like what like we need to find out like when is it too much right it became too much when he fucking grabbed him by the throat and started using an illegal chokehold on him that he knows he wasn't supposed to use and it ended up killing him yeah. That's when it got too much. That's when yeah. it should have stopped. It's crazy that grand jurors couldn't see that. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm not sure, but uh, the shit's rigged. The court, uh, the, the courts didn't work out. Within seconds, the 350-pound man is down from the ground. Garner cries out. For several long minutes, Garner lays on the ground, not moving. He was saying, stop resisting. He's like, I'm not resisting, I'm not resisting. And then it was, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And then that's it. You see, his arm gets stiff, and now he moves. Paramedics arrive. One of them is seen on the videotape speaking to Garner. But they appear to do nothing. Finally, Garner is placed on a stretcher and taken by ambulance to a local hospital. About an hour later, he is pronounced dead. Ruled a homicide, the medical examiner's report did note that Garner's health conditions, like asthma and heart disease, also led to his death. The medical examiner found that it was a homicide, but all that really means is that he died at the hands of another. That doesn't necessarily mean that what the police officer did was a crime. The policeman's union said that sometimes force is necessary. At times when officers are required to make an arrest, they must employ the use of force in order to get compliance. Okay, they must use like the use of force in order to uh, 
to make an arrest, right? But like, when is the force too much? Like, he, like, this is just an, uh, even that they themselves are covering up that cop. And this is mm-hmm. what we see over and over again with the police departments all over the country in, in cases like this. They always cover each other. They always cover each other's backs. There's always these internal investigations, uh, paid leave, all that bullshit. These people aren't ever fired. They are never held accountable. Why? Because these people are held to a higher standard because they're the cops, but because they are held to a higher standard, they should be. But they're yes. cops, you know? Uh, they're well, cops. And- they know the laws, or at least they fucking should. Well, and the thing is, is that they, we entrust these people to protect us. So it, it, it's, if we're going to literally die at the hands of that person, you know, that group of people, I mean, what does that say to, to our, to everybody? What does that say about our society? Um, that's kind of a scary thought. The people who are supposed to be protecting us are this very people that are killing black people for no other reason than being black i mean like there's i don't i don't i don't see any other any other i don't know it's just really disturbing to me and then you have that this um you know situation with george floyd coming right after aubrey it's just really alarming and the, in the time of Eric Gardner, it was the same thing. It, you had all of these things happen, Ferguson, and that, you know, it was so, it, it's like, how many times does this have to happen, though, until people really realize, like, something needs to be done, because pe- black lives do matter, and people aren't making it a big deal. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and I, I'm so glad you bring that up, because, like, I feel like that's what's different this time around, is that... Uh, like we were kind of Hopefully. mentioning earlier on before this uh, before this episode started, is that the the amount of riots that's going on, like uh, the amount of violence that's kind of coming out uh, in response to uh, George Floyd's death and murder, um, it is staggering. Like uh, I heard earlier on on um, uh, some one of my friends had told me uh, on social media that what we're seeing now is. Minneapolis kind of acting as a catalyst because all eyes are on Minneapolis, right? We're all watching to see, like, we're all like captivated by this moment. Mm-hmm. And to see and be aware of all these people that are outside protesting, rioting, throwing uh, rocks at cars um, or at, ho- at cop cars and doing like everything that was basically done in uh, Baltimore, but 2.0, you know? Um, I think that this is going to be the catalyst that's going to get the American people out and about again, you know, and that's, this is really the only, the only protest and the only march that has happened that's not stupid as fuck and, uh, and completely baseless, you know, every other protest (laughs) now has been, okay, let me out of my house, give me my freedoms, bullshit, bullshit, you guys have so much more to protest right now, that is the least of your worries. Now this, this is a movement to fight for. This is a movement to go outside and risk your life and uh, go around other people for it. At least I think so. And so did many of these thousands of other protesters that felt so pissed, so enraged at seeing these images of George Floyd, another innocent uh, black man getting killed by the police 
uh, in such a disgusting way that you really don't need to see anything else other than that one video to know that just yeah. that cop is a piece of shit. Well, in, in this day and age with everybody recording what's going on, um, you would think that people would be, become more woke, quote unquote, to this corruption and everything that's going on with racial, any, ever, any kind of discrimination. Um, because everything's recorded and these videos are so obvious. I mean, like they're literally saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I mean, how else do you, yeah, it's just startling. Absolutely. I mean, startling is, uh, <laughs> is a very, the very lowest nice of the bear word that I should <laughs> Yeah. Let's go ahead and resume the video now. To make an arrest, they must employ the use of force in order to get compliance. Officer Pantaleo maintains that he used an approved takedown technique. Approved after many people, including his own uh, commissioner. Five years later, I'm going to include that on. Five years later, the police commissioner of New York City fired him for the death of Eric Gardner and his actions there because of uh, his that illegal, illegal part, of, part yeah. of that was his illegal move. So I will not accept any time I hear anyone say that Eric Gardner was resisting like I did earlier today uh, or um, that uh, it was for any other reason other than just being black because that's what the reason was. Yeah. You know, and let's not make a mistake there. After yeah. the incident, the NYPD ordered a massive overhaul of the police force, including new training on restraint techniques and adopting body cameras. Swipe the screen, and now you can see what my camera's seeing. More and more police departments across the nation are employing these cameras. We rode along with the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department that showed us how they work. Do you have your driver's license on you, sir? The department's saying that cameras lead to more transparency for both the officers and the alleged perpetrators. I was going to handcuff you for my safety, okay? You got a syringe on you, okay? But all of those video cameras didn't stop the use of what became lethal force in the case of Eric Garner. It's time for us to make more progress than we've made. And I'm not interested in talk, I'm interested in action. The U.S. Justice Department now announcing that it will... There's no way in hell we're going to see this type of response from the administration. The <laughs> I'm telling you that way. In the case of Eric Garner, it's time for us to make more progress than we've made. And... I'm not interested in talk, I'm interested in action. The U.S. Justice Department now announcing that it will launch an independent civil rights investigation. There is still likely a very strong civil case that his family can and will bring against the city. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio addressed the city, calling for calm. If you really want to dignify the life of Eric Garner, you will do so through peaceful protest. You will not sully his name with violence or vandalism. More than a dozen arrested so far, but no riots, no fires. Garner's stepfather outraged earlier in the evening. And go with his family. That went down, does he? Later channeling his emotions to diffuse a situation near where Eric Garner died. <laughs> But many are promising protests well into the week. 
Fighting for justice, they feel, will come no time soon. The man was lynched for the whole world to see. And our system of justice is so corrupt that they couldn't even indict the officer that committed the murder. For Nightline, I'm Ron Claiborne in New York. So really, really profound video, right? Um, but uh, what I wanted you guys to get out of that, A, is like a little sneak peek and what is to come because, because of what happened to Eric Gardner, you saw a series of events kind of following that. Body cameras, uh, the mayor coming out more often talking about race issues, mm -hmm. uh, you name it. Uh, the protesters uh, kind of still out there for like a week, like you said. Um, so, um, uh, let's, let's go ahead and just move on to the other video, uh, because that's what I, uh, what I wanted you to get out of the first one is just, uh, how similar the two are. And then once again, like a sneak peek into the future, what will follow. Uh, so what we're going to look at now, like I said, is early on in the episode is this is new footage, right? So this is footage that just came out. Uh, this is being reported by the New York Post. Uh, once again, this is Minneapolis. This is George Floyd, what we're watching here. George Floyd and company, they're in uh, that Mercedes that we're watching here. And for those of you that are listening, um, they appear to be in some kind of like Mercedes, like older Mercedes, like GLS uh, model, something like that. And the police are approaching them. And then we'll just go ahead. And like I said, this video has no audio. So Ashley and I will do our best to... Uh, describe the situation to you like as uh, it kind of goes on. I will warn you guys, it is a little boring uh, to watch unless you're like, you're super, super, super into this. Uh, in, the, in the very beginning, at least it's a little boring. And, and the end is kind of where you see um, the interesting parts. But- I'm super into this. I love surveillance videos. <laughs> yeah, so then um, this is um, what we're seeing now is the police officers kind of going, uh, they're now at the vehicle, two officers at either side, uh, flashing their lights inside, opening the door, seeing who's there, asking questions. They have the passenger side door open. Mm -hmm. reason why we got, we're showing you guys this whole video, even though it's not the most entertaining thing the whole way through, is because we didn't want to cut off any single part of this video, uh, skip any single part of this video, just for you guys to kind of be aware of everything that happened up until the point that he was killed. Like so it looks like the passenger is getting out of the vehicle at the request of the oh. officer yeah and so is um george floyd too then you have the officer running to the other side of the <laughs> to the driver's side it looks like they're trying to drag him out like pull him out because you see yeah. his head kind of popping in and out like and both officers there kind of grappling around with him and everybody else that's in the car is like, got out pretty quickly. <laughs> Which is only two other people, one male, one female. They're against the wall. 
the female tries to see what's going on with the officer and why they're mm -hmm. mistreating him or whatnot, and uh, one of the other officers gets away from um, the altercation and approaches the female to subdue the situation, I would say, defuse it. And at the same time, the other officer is kind of manhandling uh, George Floyd and bringing him over, walking him over to the wall where his buddies are. But what's really interesting to kind of note, and I'm gonna rewind this just a little bit for you guys to, to note. Uh, as you can, if you can see here, um, hopefully you guys can zoom in. Actually, I'll zoom in for you. <laughs> oh wait, I can't do that on this one. Oh, I can't do it because it's a video, awkward. Um, but whatever, so if you can see it there, uh, his face is clearly distressed. Like, he yeah. looks like he's in a good amount of pain. Um, and and sort of confused, too. Almost. Like, whoa, um, hello. Almost that kind of impression as well, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and resume the video to see what else happens. But yeah, I thought that, that his level of pain in his face, his level of agony in his face was very interesting. And like, you don't, what's interesting to kind of note as well is that like, uh, well, aside from the other cop, another cruiser just pulled up to them. So now there's three police officers and three black people or three, like whatever you want to call them or whatever, suspects, or whatever. Uh, they're just all on the side um, waiting next to the wall while they're asking questions, interrogating them, trying to get their story to see what happens. But his friends are being compliant. His two friends are being compliant. Mm -hmm. They're answering the questions. I don't see any altercations. I don't see any resisting. I don't see any resisting from George Floyd. George Floyd either. Yeah, no. He looks I like he's answering, answering questions. questions even. I answered <clears throat> the other officer, took the questions or his answers, reviewing them and going back to his cruiser. And all that's happening now is um, the continue, uh, the other officer is continuing to interrogate, uh, George's friends. Uh, one solitary officer is continuing to, um, ask George questions. Uh, looks like now he's trying to get him to stand back up. George did not resist, stood up. He seems like he's really in pain. Look at that. I yeah. think what the cop is doing is tightening his um, his, his uh, shackles, mm -hmm. his uh, arm cuffs, or his handcuffs. Because every time he puts his hand back there, he makes a face. George makes a face. And now his friends are still by their car. The two police officers have now drawn specific attention to, to him uh, and, and walking him over to their police cruiser, which was across the street. And all the while he's walking with them. All the while he's walking. And I want you guys to pay close attention to see like what happens here. One officer kind of loops around, he takes his cruiser and loops around and puts it next to the other ones. The other two officers and George uh, are approaching the police cruiser and the side of the street where uh, he ends up dying later on. Um, but let's continue and uh, see what happens. So he's kind of, he's fallen on the ground already. They just take him back up, 
They try to put him in. The police cruiser blocks the visual so we can't see from there. And that's the end of the video. So <clears throat> really, really interesting stuff now. Yeah. It's like I was saying earlier, in this day of having everything recorded, you would hope, you would think that more action would be taken in all, a lot of other prior cases as well. <laughs> and it's, like you were saying, what's happening right now is necessary. The riots, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and it's, that, that might be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow because we're all taught, like, the um, like the more market not more market Gaddafi, my bad uh, wrong leader um <laughs> uh gandhi my bad gandhi yes um we're talking about like mlk nonviolence, like at at its core uh, i believe in that but at the same time like i have always believed and also discussed that revolution and real change happen when there's like the perfect storm or like the perfect combination of elements in place. And one of those elements that ha has to be present, or at least it has been in pretty much every uh, real revolution or every real um, movement of change within a society or a country, uh, it happens from the ground up. It happens when millions of people come out and protest and uh, make their voices heard. And they're coming out in a global pandemic uh, to voice their solidarity and voice their anger and frustration with the justice system and the corrupt and racist police department. Um, but yeah, um, really, really fascinating uh, to be aware of uh, and to kind of put the, the dots together, not only for, for him, uh, but for Eric Gardner, like we also showed earlier on, Shreyvon Martin, the list goes on and on. So like, that's what this is kind of like, that's the point of all this, right? Is that because of all these like long lists of like black, uh, innocent black men, black women, including uh, people like Sandra Bland or whatever, um, that they were all killed by the police, all unarmed, all like, they all have so many similarities, but this is just yeah. the boiling point, like I was saying. This is a tipping point where Americans are, are, should say, I've had a fucking, I've had enough of this. Like this has gone on for way too long and this needs to end now. No more body cameras, no more none of that shit. We need real change. And uh, what I think that the protesters are gonna be, uh, what they're gonna find out is how racist and fucked up the system is and how much the system is not willing to, to change. Um, in order to establish a, a more transparent and free um, system, uh, like a justice system that they can go through when times are tough. So yeah, um, I just think that's a pretty good like description of kind of what happened and like these people need to get the fuck out there. They need yeah. to do this all along. Well, and like you said, <laughs> there's been all these ridiculous protests during this time. This is something that actually deserves protesting. Um, and I, I don't want to say that I'm like, we've talked about this before, like super gung-ho on the violence aspect of revolution. I think that there is something to be said about combating violence with nonviolence. But um, 
something obviously needs to be done. And I think that we are in such an interesting time here in right now um, where people do have a lot of extra time and um, are noticing things maybe more than they would than they would have prior. So hopefully this is a people make it a bigger deal than it has been before. Um, I'm hopeful of that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think that there's also something to, you were just listing those Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, um, you know, Aubrey, you, you have all of these people, unarmed black men. And one of the things you said in there was innocent and whether they're innocent or not is completely uh, it doesn't matter, you know, and we talked about this before um, about that not that should not matter. But I think that a lot of times law enforcement and jurors and, you know, people when they when they think about the use of force from the law enforcement, that's what they kind of think of is, well, this person did something wrong and they just they, you know, needed to be subdued or whatever. Um, no, no matter what you do, even if you kill somebody, um, you're, you're not supposed to be killed or even using any type of extreme force like that, bef bef even before you get any type of trial or anything, you know? And it's like they're automatically presumed guilty. And I feel like citizens automatically are assuming that they're guilty as well by not indicting these officers. And to me, that scares me that a lot of people are subconsciously racist <laughs> and that they have this idea that law enforcement really is above the law because they help protect us when that's not the case. They, they are definitely not above the law. And when it, especially when it comes to race relations, they have zero trust, zero transparency, zero connection with the communities. Um, I mean, that's why they fucking in 20, after 2014, like you saw in that video or, or you heard for those of you that are listening, um, you, they told you that after Eric Gardner died, they installed all the a nationwide like overhaul of the police departments, uh, especially of course, New York City, but they also impl implemented uh, body cameras to, to kind of, uh, make the situation better when it comes to transparency and trust or whatever but they shouldn't have been doing those shitty things in the beginning and exactly even now they're still doing them you know like it's no different just well, because like, a video catches them on camera like yeah more often now that they'll get in trouble like they'll be prosecuted or something will happen against them but overall we all know the situation is still fucked up like uh i like I still see uh, footage of fucking uh, co cops planting uh, drugs in people's cars and shit using the like, and then those body cameras catch them doing that because these people yeah. are fucked. Well, yeah. and the thing is, is what's the difference between using a body cam and having someone on the street recording it? It was almost like they were just trying to slap a Band-Aid on there and say, look, we spent millions of dollars to try to change police departments. So where you did a good job. And really it's just like um, every single fucking person on the street has a cell phone. So it doesn't really matter if you're recording all your altercations, you know? I mean, I'm sure that it definitely, like you were saying, it's caught people doing bad, you know, bad police officers doing bad things. But oh, I'm also not very hopeful of this FBI investigation either. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I hope it goes somewhere, but 
Who knows? The federal government has never done shit for black people. And they're not going to yeah. say now. Amen. And like you were saying earlier, especially about this administration. <laughs> this is all you got to know about that. Martin Luther King was on the, uh, the number one on the FBI's most wanted list. Most dangerous person. Martin Luther fucking King. <laughs> uh, and I'll end it with that. So. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Uh, for tuning into this episode, Ash and I very much appreciate it. Uh, yes. And we would love to see you guys out there. Uh, I know I definitely uh, will try. If there's anything in Chicago, I'm, oh, I'm we'll gonna be, be out there. there. I'm going to be out there just because, like, this is just bullshit. Um, I'll be wearing my mask. If any of you guys are in Chicago, let us know. Uh, we'll get together. I'll, we'll have like a little oligarchy disruptor get together and fuck shit up uh, downtown. So. Uh, let's leave it here and um, we'll see you in the next episode guys thanks again bye guys